And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, October the 10th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. Today, on October 10th, 1845, the U.S. Naval Academy was established in Annapolis, Maryland. Today, in 1911, Chinese revolutionaries launched an uprising that led to the collapse of the Manchu dynasty. It led to the establishment of the Republic of China. Today in 1966, this is for you older people who remember the 1960s. Today in 1966, the Beach Boys single, Good Vibrations, was written by Brian Wilson and Mike Love. It was released by Capitol Records. Today in 1973, Vice President Spiro Agnew, he he was accused of accepting bribes, as it turned out I, he was, accepting them, but he pleaded no contest to one uh, count of federal income tax evasion and resigned his office as vice president. I saw an an article, just a a sidebar here. There's a couple of more things that happened in history I want to share with you, but I saw a story that I didn't have time to look at it closely this morning, but uh, it was a national story and it was titled, the headline was, and it wasn't a, a, um, a conservative news organization. It was like Newsmax, or, I mean, like Newsweek or one of those. But anyway, the, the, the headline said, looking for Kamala Harris. Apparently, she's just dropped out of sight. As, as I read that, I, it occurred to me, I haven't seen anything out of her recently. So uh, I don't know what the article was about, but it was an interesting title. Looking for Kamala Harris. Interesting. Today, in 1981, a funeral was held in Cairo for Egyptian leader Anwar Sadat, who had been assassinated by Muslim extremists. Today, in 1985, actor-director Orson Welles, he died in Los Angeles. He was 70 years old. Remember Yule Brenner, the guy with the he was shaved head? Yeah, he died in New York today in 1985 as well. He was 65 years old. Today, in 2001, a month after the September 11th attacks, U.S. jets pounded the Afghan capital of Kabul, while President George W. Bush unveiled the list of 22 most wanted terrorists, including Osama bin Laden. That's a few things that have happened today in history. About an hour ago, Fox News put this out. Israeli soldiers said to discover unspeakable horrors in a community attacked by Hamas. It's in a place, I, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, and I looked it up and different people pronounce it differently, frankly. But it's, I think it's Kafar Azah. It's a kibbutz in Israel. And the report an hour ago was that Israeli soldiers removed the body of a civilian who was killed days earlier in an attack by Palestinian militants on this kibbutz near the border of Gaza. The story says Israeli soldiers shared details of unimaginable atrocities committed in a community where dozens of victims, including about 40 babies, were massacred massacred by Hamas terrorists. Israeli's rescue service said about 200 Israelis were found dead in the kibbutz. Channel 24 News in Israel is reporting this as well. Reporters with 24 News toured the scene of devastation in the community of about 700 
where soldiers worked to remove bodies of victims who were brutally murdered in their homes. Some soldiers said they found babies with their heads cut off. Community cars parked outside were completely torched. It was just a small part of the destruction with no exact number yet of how many people were murdered as bodies, as we speak, as bodies are being collected and removed from the homes. More than 70 terrorists invaded the community. They butchered the residents, leaving the news, Channel 24 says, leaving not but a smell of death behind. This is not a war, they said. It's not a battlefield. You see the babies, the mother, the father in their bedrooms, in their protection rooms, and how the terrorists killed them. They said it is a massacre. Israeli death tolls about an hour ago, and a different story, is said to now exceed 1,000 known deaths of Israelis. They said there's many more to come. Interestingly enough, the world is responding so differently, as you might expect, but it's saddening. It's hard to understand. It's hard to grasp sometimes how people can respond to this atrocity. I mean, this is awful. This is not an attack. This is a massacre. There's no question about it. Hitler would be proud. The Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, they put out an email. They didn't intend it to be public. Somebody leaked it. They always do. I don't know why these people are so stupid that are running these television networks. But Canadian Broadcasting Corporation put out this this memo by via email, and it was giving strict guidelines to reporters on using the term terrorists in their coverage of Israel's war with Hamas. Well, it would be Hamas's war with Israel, I think would be more correct, if you want to be a correct journalist. But don't use the word terrorist. They said, do not refer to militants, soldiers, or anyone else as terrorists. The notion of terrorism, this email says, to these reporters are telling them what to say. The notion of terrorism remains heavily politicized and is a part of the story. CBC's Director of Journalistic Standards is George Aichi. He wrote in the email to employees on Saturday. The CBC executive instructed journalists to make sure audiences understand that when quoting someone using this term, they are stating opinion. And does he think for a moment that his CBC or our NBC and ABC and CBS and the rest of them don't express opinion in their news reporting? He needs to wake up, Rip Van Winkle. You're 20 years behind or more. All of the news people communicate opinion in their news pieces. They do it with the words they choose or don't choose. They do it with expression on their faith on their face and the sound of their voice. They do it every single day in every single story. Make no mistake. They scowl when they report on Trump. They look placid and normal when they report on Joe Biden as though he's a functioning president. And then you see this behind the scenes in Canada. You can bet 
that's communicated in America and elsewhere. Well, Hamas supporters were chanting, gas the Jews. <laughs> Speaking of Hitler and the Nazis, Hamas supporters were chanting, gas the Jews, beside the, that world-famous Sydney Opera House in Australia. You know, the one with the roof that's, I mean, it's quite unique. It's probably the only building in the world that looks like that. Anyway, the, there was a bunch of Muslims outside of that building uh, having a, on yesterday, having a, a demonstration, and they were chanting, gas the Jews. So there were hundreds of people there. They were also shouting, of course, Allah Akbar, Allah is supreme, Allah is not supreme. And I, I would just add, there, I, I keep seeing this misunderstanding among Christian people. And I don't know if they, they're saying that, trying to sound virtuous, if, or if they really believe it. But I hear people who claim to be Christian are saying, well, we all serve the same God. You know, and, I mean, they, they serve God. We just need to come together. The Muslim, They don't serve our God. Allah Akbar is not God. Allah. They were also, while they were chanting to their God, to Allah Akbar, they were screaming, and I can't, and I won't say the word, but expletive the Jews. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in now. It is not pleasant, but it is what it is. But we will stand strong. As Paul wrote to the Ephesians, having done all, stand. We will stand strong in this world in which we live. Because the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. That was written a long time ago. That's Psalm 18. And it's as true today as it was the day it was written by the psalmist. Wherefore, take, up, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all. To stand. Ephesians 6.13 Psalm 27.1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Nothing or no one. Oh, I know fear is something that we humans experience. But trust in the Lord with all your heart. As we see these things coming to pass in our in our world and in our cultures, all of the things that we talk about here, the things that are in the news, the things that are driving people today around the world, the issues, the issues that cause them to kill and maim. When we see all of this coming to pass, just trust the Lord. Look up for your redemption draws nigh. Unspeakable horrors happening on the earth today and around the globe, around the globe, Australia, Argentina, and right here in America. Some are cheering for the terrorists. Some are saying, don't call them terrorists. We don't want to label anyone. They're terrorists. It doesn't matter whether CBC says they are or not, they are. 
Anybody knows that. Grandma knows that. And so does a five-year-old. We all know that. They're terrorists. We pretend in this world, we pretend all kinds of things. We pretend that Junior over here has suddenly become a girl. We pretend that Susie has become a boy. And we act on that. And we create chaos in the culture. And now we won't call people who kill babies, behead babies. I'm not talking about ancient somewhere. I'm talking about yesterday. They're not terrorists. We need to have a mental awakening and certainly a spiritual awakening in this country. Tension, the news piece said, tension escalated between pro-Israel and pro-Palestine demonstrators in Kirkland, Kirkland, Washington, on Sunday, leading to chaos. The news prepares you the story. It says the videos are graphic. They are. They're not as graphic as the terrorists cutting off the heads of babies, but they are graphic. Another story says the Democratic Socialists of America held a rally in New York City's Times Square on Sunday in support of the Palestinian terror group Hamas and its attack on Israel. They're cheering them on, saying, kill more babies, murder them. Should Israel not have the right to defend itself following the brutal attack by Hamas? A lot of people say, no, absolutely not. They need to die. Why do they hate Israel so much? There was chaos in Kirkland. (laughs) Como News reported yesterday that tension escalated, I'm quoting them, between pro-Israel and pro-Palestinian demonstrators in Kirkland on Sunday. Kirkland, Kirkland was once a quiet little village on Lake Washington, living under the shadow of its little bit bigger brother, Bellevue. Once they put in the bridge, the 520, we used to call it back then the Evergreen Point Bridge, but it's the bridge. Bellevue began to grow. Kirkland is the place where Marjorie and I brought our firstborn child home to a little cottage we lived in there, in a small town. It's where our two-year-old fed the ducks, stale bread. Those of you who live there, you know where I'm talking about, where the ducks used to come in. They're still there, but they're running for their life most of the time. This was before Kirkland became a brand at Costco. Bellevue did not yet know the word Microsoft. Jeff Bezos was probably a little boy somewhere on the East Coast dreaming about what college he might attend someday when he grew up. Things have changed. On Sunday, hundreds of people rallied on 3rd Street and Central Way in Kirkland over the conflict in the Middle East, thousands of miles away. They moved in quickly, the police, to separate the groups before it got out of hand. They were screaming and yelling, you're you're murderers, you're supporting murderers, shame on you and your family. One pro-Israeli demonstrator says in a witness video, well, he's right. We have a permit for this protest. You've not been peaceful, said Yusef Mohammed. He, you would imagine, a pro-Palestine demonstrator. Como News reported, they said this, quote, He claims to be the man in a witness video seen falling to the ground allegedly attacked for being a Palestinian supporter. Jumped by five people, they attempted and tricked me. 
uh, kick me in the face, he said, saying he plans to file a police report. Moments later, the footage shows yelling uh, escalate between protesters on both sides, some face-to-face before police separate them. Mohammed said their organized protest came in response to Israel declaring war to retaliate against the Palestinian militant group Hamas. What do they think Israel should have done? Well, they think they should lie down and wait their turn to be massacred. But across the street, people held Israeli flags, keeping a tight grip on pictures of civilians, including children, that they say were among those killed in the terror attack on the Jewish state. I have a lot of friends, one guy said. I have a lot of friends who were injured, parents of friends who were murdered. They were slaughtered. This Omar or Omar Lichtig, I think is the way you pronounce his name. He said he missed the physical confrontation, but he stayed standing for Israel as he remains in constant communication with his immediate family. He said, so far they're safe. They live in Tel Aviv. Journalist Jackie Kent, she posted a video of the chaos. It was graphic. I shared it in an article that I wrote today on our website, Faith and Freedom, faithandfreedom.us. It's graphic, but it shows the clash between the protesters in Kirkland. <laughs> Kirkland, Washington. There's chaos on the other coast as well. The Democrat Socialists of America, DSA, they held a rally in New York City's Times Square on Sunday in support, of course, of the Palestinian terror group, Hamas. The attack occurred on the Jewish holiday of Shemini Etzet, the last festival of the Holy Day, uh, the High Holy Day cycle. I, I, I'm pretty sure it is. More than 100 Israelis were also kidnapped in Gaza including women, children, the elderly, many of whom were abused during their abductions. If you've seen the videos, it's unspeakable. It's beyond barbaric. I was disappointed, but not surprised, to see the Democrat Socialists of America, DSA, counts four Democrats in our U.S. Congress as members of the organization. And would you, would you know that all four of those elected officials, public servants, as we used to call them, were out in the streets in New York rallying against Israel? Members of Congress. In a city that was attacked by terrorists just two, two decades ago. You want to know who they are? I'll tell you who they are. They're Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Rashida Tlaib, uh, from uh, Michigan, uh, or Ocasio-Cortez is from New York, as you know, Jamal Bowman from New York, and Cory Bush from Missouri. They're out there with these people supporting the terrorists. And there are elected officials. They are making decisions that affect this country, your country, your children, your grandchildren. The New York Post cover showed a demonstrator holding a swastika reminding Jews of the Holocaust. It's amazing. It's amazing where we have come from and how we've gotten to this point. The New York Post said at least 260 people were killed in a massacre at an Israeli music fest which included Israeli officers getting blown away while acting as human shields trying to protect their citizens. 
Well, these officers are giving their lives, acting as human shields to protect Israeli citizens who were at this music concert. Our elected officials are out there rooting for the other side, in Times Square, in the public, using whatever influence they have that the people have given them to influence people to support terrorists who are massacring the people they hate. These graphic new images include a photo of scores of dead lying in a tent at this concert, turned into a bloody mayhem. Heavily armed Palestinian terrorists paraglided across the Gaza Strip border in Saturday's early morning attack, sneak attack on Israel. Some of the video that I saw shows unsuspecting crowd. Earlier, they're dancing to the music and this concert is going on. The terrorists can be seen out there in the in the back of these videos in, in the distance. You can see people paragliding toward the event. And those are the terrorists who have just, on their paragliders, their little power, kind of machine-powered little, like a, a glide paraglider that you see people using. There's a place in Issaquah where they jump off the hill there and they go all over the place. And um, any of you on the east side have seen that. But this video showed this unsuspecting crowd enjoying themselves and doing what they were doing at this concert. And in the distance, you can see these motorized paragliders coming toward where they are. Well, those are the terrorists that flew across the border, unnoticed by Israel or the United States. It's disturbing. In fact, the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs also showed people who were gunned down in the street while fleeing this this, uh, music festival. It was near Gaza. One of the snapshot captures a bloodied hostage loaded in the back of a Hamas vehicle. The bodies found at the site number at least 260, according to CNN, and now others are reporting that. One guy says this, Tamir, he said, as I hid, an Israeli who was attending the concert said he recalled the screams of the wounded howling in pain, as well as those of two of his friends whom he could hear being kidnapped and beaten. He added that some of the kidnapped people had their legs shot. He said they would shoot the legs of the people so that they couldn't run away and they could come back to them and they could terrorize them even more before either killing them or dragging them away as hostages. They would shoot their legs and leave them laying there. We'll be back. Stay right here. Tamir also claimed that Hamas terrorists were masquerading as IDF. That's the Israeli police protection service they they came with their uniforms on the enemy and they said the people saw them and started running toward them because they thought that they were their savior they thought they would take care of them and protect them and the true israeli police were but these guys were the terrorists dressed like the israeli police people would run to them and when they got close to them they would mow them down with their machine gun It's unbelievable. Tamir said, I couldn't stop praying. (laughs) I can imagine. He was calling on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, I'm, I'm sure, or whomever. He said, I, I, I can't even share the horrific images. He said, but the world needs to know about this. And the ministry, the ministry of defense in Israel agreed. They said, the world needs to know. And they have put up on their website a lot of 
pictures of the kinds of things I'm talking about here. I mean, it's just unspeakable. It's beyond anything we have seen in modern times. You talk about about culture. Why does the left so violently hate Israel? Victor Davis Hanson said, why are there no demonstrations in major Washington western cities damning the Chinese government for putting one million Muslim Uyghurs in camps? Why are the world's millions of former refugees, the Volga Germans, the East Prussians, the Cypriot Greeks, long forgotten, and yet the Palestinians alone defied for being perpetually displaced? He said, why do they stay with them? It's because of the biblical uh, connotation. It's because of how this plays in God's plan rather than man's plan. Hating democratic Israel, he said, while it is under attack, is not just a reflection of the new woke and eth- ethically bankrupt left. He said it's also a symptom of deeper pathology in the West. And Victor Davis Hanson, whom I respect deeply, and he's one of the, the best of the best, he said hating Israel has become the surrogate Western way of hating oneself. He's right, but it's deeper than that. The world hates Israel because they hate the God of Israel. They hate the Bible. And the Bible's God. Although Jerusalem is a relatively small city and this tiny sliver of land, it will play a key role in the events of the last days. It's a focal point of end times. Zechariah chapter 12, verse 3 and 4 says, and I rarely quote from the New Living Testament, but it says, I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah, talking about the end times. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it to try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. Pastor Greg Laurie, who is part of that Jesus Revolution film, as you know, he was one of the key parts in that. He pastors a church in Los Angeles today. He said, we need to pray. He said, Jesus, he said, Jesus said, now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws nigh. He said, that's what we need to be doing, looking for the soon return of Jesus. But he said, we must also pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Psalm 122.6. He said, we want to, pray, want to pray that they arrive at some kind of peace. We want to pray that this horrific terrorism stops and that they're able to get their hostages back. But he said, we want to pray that God places his hand of protection on the nation of Israel during this unprecedented war. I don't make a lot of predictions on this program that are not rooted deeply in Scripture or in some obvious political statement somewhere. But this has the potential, this war, to escalate dramatically and quickly. Pray for our country as you pray for Israel. This could get out of hand and it could become much more than anyone thinks it might become at this point. So be in prayer. Thank you for your support. I'll see you tomorrow.